Now the fun part that I'm not sure you're going to think is fun, but I think it's fun. So since today I have the microphone for a few minutes, you are going to participate in this with me, I hope. Have you ever heard of the game Four Corners? If you have, will you please clap? All right, so what that is, is there are four different things that I'm going to say and you're going to read up on the screen. And which of the four you identify, I'm not going to ask you to move around the room because that's where I figured you'd probably draw the line and simply just refuse. But when you see and when I say the statement that you most agree with describes you, I want you to stand up. They're going to turn the house lights up. And so we're going to do three questions like that. So Get ready to stand if and as you are able. And let's look at the first question on the screen. Which best describes you? Number one, you are the hostess with the mostess. You are, number two, a gym rat. Number three, a Pinterest fiend. Or number four, a bookworm. Not bookwork, a bookworm. So, Number one, if you're a hostess with the mostess, will you please stand and be proud of it? This is good. A hostess with the mostess. Very good. All right. Y'all be hearing from me. Our hospitality team would love to have some new volunteers. Uh, Very good. All right. The next one, a gym rat. Y'all are like my heroes, and I need little pictures of you up on my desk to motivate me to go to the gym. All right, thank you. A Pinterest fiend. Y'all look around, see who your friends are that have common interest. Very good, all right. And a bookworm. Who likes to read books? If you could just do... It's a miracle y'all come on Sunday mornings. Thank you, guys. All right, we have lots of bookworms. All right, very good. Number two. The second question, which best describes you? The next Bobby Flay or Rachel Ray, you're obsessed with your Fitbit. You know who Chip and Joanna Gaines or Drew and Jonathan Scott are. Or you're the first one to buy the $1,000 new Apple iPhone. So number one, who would consider themselves to be the next Bobby Flay or Rachel Ray? Please stand. And I'll be coming to your house for dinner. All right, very good, very good. All right, number two, obsessed with your Fitbits. Wave them in the air if you have them. I have one, I need to be more obsessed with it. Very good. Number three, you know who the Gaines and Scots are. Holy cow, wow. All right, that's impressive. I need to get out more. Like, really, I had to Google to find the best examples for that one. I did. I'm sorry. And number four, who's going to buy the new iPhone? Be proud of it. It's okay. Or who's going to have your office buy the new iPhone for you? Ha ha. (laughs) That's one of the perks that does not come working with the church. All right, good. And number three, which best describes you? Number one, you've never met a stranger. Number two, you are a human fidget spinner, meaning you never sit still. Number three, you're the one shaking your legs right now as you sit there. Number three, Hobby Lobby, Joann's, Michael's have facial recognition of you as you check out. And number four, shopping is one of your favorite pastimes. All right, so let's own these. Number one, you've never met a stranger. 
very good potentials for the greeting team. Thank you. All right, number two, you are a human fidget spinner. Some of you are tied, so you're staying for both. That's awesome. All right, very good. Hobby Lobby Joannes and Michaels have facial recognition of you. Some of you are very diverse and you fall in all four categories. That's pretty awesome. All right, very good. And the last one, shopping is one of your favorite pastimes. Very good. When I get bored on my day off, I'll be calling you because I like to shop. Very good. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about how that is relevant to faith. But believe it or not, you fall into one of four categories. You fall into hospitality or you fall into um, introspection and you like to spend some alone time. You fall into being physically active. And so, and then there's the fourth category, and we're going to talk about all these in a few minutes and see how these relate to our faith. So thanks for participating. Is a deeper question altogether, which is what do you desire? What makes you itch? What sort of a situation would you like? So I don't know if you were able to come to our block party last week that we had at Ghostface Brewery following worship. Tonight, we kick off our new worship opportunity called Crafted Conversations. We get together at Ghostface Brewery around 6.30, and we have conversations about life and faith. It is non-threatening. It's a great way for you to engage people in a faith community like West that would never darken the doors of a church. And whether we think of this as a church or not, it really, it really is. And it feels like that to folks that have never been to church before. So Crafted Conversations kicks off tonight. Last Sunday, we had this block party for the community so people could know about it and, and get a taste of West and see what we were like. Well, if you know me and my family at all, you know that Scott and I are in this season of life called empty nesting. It was a huge adjustment to me to not have people that I needed to like do something for that lived under the roof of the house. House Scott's very independent, and so he does not need me nor want me doting on him all the time. So I had all this time. Well, last year, I just worked more. I had a dissertation to finish writing, so that was like my focus all year long. I would work and then I would work and then I would sleep and that cycle would repeat. I'd take some vacation time here and there, but bottom line, my life was work or school. So the dissertation's finished. I'm not going to go back to school anymore ever, I hope. And so here I've learned never to say never, so I hope. And then I had all this time. Well, I heard that some people were looking for a keyboardist in their band, and so I decided that I would volunteer for that. That was what my job partially was at Williamson's Chapel. I was the director of their contemporary worship service, so I do have music background all my life, and these folks were looking for a keyboardist. I thought, how hard could it be? I've played the piano since I was four years old. Surely it won't be that hard. Boy, was I wrong. I am a little rough 
dusty in the seven years that we've been trying to get West up and off the ground. I've done nothing with my music other than sing with you on Sunday morning. And I've never been a part of a secular band before. And so, you know, the most we would ever do is like five songs on a Sunday morning, maybe six. And then at Christmas, one time a year, we'd have to learn eight. So needless to say, getting 16 songs ready for last Sunday was quite a challenge. And not one I reached uh, very well. There were a few songs I did okay. And then there were a few I totally, totally tanked in the moment. So I have some growth opportunities before me. But the bottom line is for the last two to three weeks, my spare time has been at band practice. Now, two weeks ago on Saturday, we started about 10, 30, 11. At 3.30, I think we were still going strong and everybody was tired and I personally was tired and grumpy and hangry. Do you ever get hangry? Okay, if you have not, talk to someone that has um, because it is a real physical, emotional, mental, physiological thing, I promise. I get hangry, and then I'm very short-tempered and not very happy. Well, it turns out that Saturday that I can't go from 11 to 3 or whatever without a cracker. And so by the time band practice ended, I was very hangry, which was unfortunate for Faye Carrasca, who is our very sweet, kind, gregarious pastoral care catalyst. She's on staff at West right now. She's on leave of absence as a staff person because she had knee replacement surgery, but um, she's still fielding some phone calls for us, and we're so grateful. She sent me a text in the middle of Saturday afternoon, and she said, I need to talk to you now. A lady just called the West phone and said that she had been given your name and that she needs to be in touch with you immediately. She, you do not know her at all, but she knows who you are, and she is in need. And so I, I mean, if this makes you unhappy that I'm your pastor, just please remember that I'm human, okay? And so I did sort of feel like, oh, I just want a cracker. I just want to go to Chick-fil-A. But luckily, I and my little human ego and pride got out of the way, and I, I sent Faye a text. I'm like, tell me, tell me who this is. What, what do I need to do? Well, Faye, she didn't give Faye any details, and we do get a lot of random phone calls, too, and there are a lot of scams that go on around us, and so Faye always vets the people before, before they get in touch with me, and she's like, I don't know. It sounded so urgent. I just told her I would get in touch with you. And I said, okay. So I called her. Well, she didn't answer her phone. And so I left a message, blah, blah, blah. And I proceeded to Chick-fil-A. And because that's the best cracker ever. And so uh, while I'm on the way, my phone rings. And it's this lady. And it starts out by saying, I was in the grocery store parking lot. And I was on the phone with one of my family members. And I was explaining to them the situation and I'll tell you the situation in just a minute, but one of your church people came up to me and said, you know, I hate to eavesdrop, and I'm sorry for doing that, but I couldn't help but overhear your situation. And I just wanted to tell you that if you call my church and get the pastor, I know that my church will help. Um, if you did that with a lady in the parking lot two weeks ago, if you're here, because I really could see some of you doing that, uh, will you clap? 
Okay. So I thought about putting on Facebook. Did any of you tell a lady, call me randomly? And um, the people I suspect, I see you sitting out there. So if you didn't do this, the truth is I might have been scammed. But there's a huge but in that. This lady told me a story about her children. And one of her children has a, a chronic illness that could be terminal and you're probably sitting there going, you dummy, Do you, did you not figure it out like two sentences in? But um, I mean, it seemed like a compelling story. And they had driven to a doctor out of state and on the way back, her car broke and she didn't have a debit card or she did, but then it got kept by the machine. So now she didn't have any cash and she's here and they don't have anything to eat and they don't have anything to stay, where to stay. They're trying to get back to Florida. And that was the only first red flag for me that they were coming to Florida via North Carolina from California. And it did take me a few minutes. I'm like, wait a minute, that is not the way you would get to Florida. And so I was like, oh, okay, Andrea, I think you might be being had. I called Pam Rosel, our finance person or one of our finance people. And she's like, Andrea, that same story happened to me uh, just a few weeks ago in the parking lot. Well, at this time I had already like talked to the lady and told her I would see what we could do. We don't have cash laying around uh, as a church. And that's our policy as well. We never give away cash if people are in need. Uh, we find ways to help. We refer them to Morrisville Christian Mission or Fifth Street Ministry or Dove House or whatever. And uh, I, I had no resources though because it was Saturday. And I could hear lots of children in the background. They were crying loudly. She told me they hadn't had anything to eat all day except for some snacks in her van. And she did not have enough money to get to Florida. And she needed gas and they needed food and they needed a place to stay. And I thought, well, we do have this thing at West called pastor's discretion. And periodically people will give money toward that line item. And we reserve that to help people. I mean, that's what that line item is, is used for. And so I knew that we had just gotten a check from someone saying thank you for something that Wes had done in their lives. And so I figured, okay, it won't hurt the budget if I do this and this. So I thought I'd get them a few gift cards. Well, Remember, I'm hangry, okay? So this turned into like two hours of back and forth with me and the lady. And I think I did start to suspect more along the way that it was a scam. And some friends were talking to me on the phone saying, you're being scammed. Scott was, you know, just it, probably embarrassed that I was even thinking this was legit. And, um, but you know what kept sticking in my mind? The fact that they said that somebody said their church would help. And you know what? I have friends that are pastors and we talk about you, believe it or not. And the good news is I get to say great things. But um, they tell me about their churches and, and there are several that would do exactly that. And they're known for helping. But then there are others that are not. And so to me, that made it believable. Because I could totally see some of you hearing someone broken in a parking lot, talking hysterically on the phone, much like she was doing with me, and saying, I have no way to get to Florida, and the hurricane is coming. I need to get there. I need to board up the house. The kids need to start school, blah, 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 blah. And I have nothing. And I could totally see one of you saying, my church will help. Because you know what? That's who you are. And so as we talk about a seven-year itch, I just want us to remember that, guess what? 
That's who you are. That's who we are. And all I could think of that whole time that I was grumpy going through Harris Teeter trying to buy them some groceries because I thought that would be a feasible solution. We don't just give money. So I went to Harris Teeter. I was getting them some groceries and going to get them a gas gift card. And turns out you can't buy gift cards with credit cards. And I lost my debit card months ago. So I had no way of getting cash. This was like a comedy of errors. But the whole time, the more I pushed that cart, the grumpier I got. And I'm like, I just want to go home. I just want a cracker and I need to write a sermon. And then I remembered that Samaritan story in scripture. And I'm not going to read that to you this morning, but the bottom line is that there was a person lying in a ditch that had been beaten by robbers and everything had been taken away. And the religious leaders, the people who needed a cracker because they had been at band practice too long and had procrastinated writing a sermon, drove by, walked by, whatever, and they walked away. I just couldn't walk away. Not because I'm all that, but because I believed that you believed that you were a part of a church that is about serving others. We've toyed with our mission statement, you know. We want our mission statement to be something that you can put on the tip of your tongue. And so when you're talking to people about your faith community or about your church, you can say, hey, you should check out West because here's who we are. You know, we're real relevant, non-threatening, and we focus on loving God, serving others, and hopefully changing the world. We want that to be on the tip of your tongue, but we wrestled with that. Like, is that catchy? Can you remember that? And then, because it was love God, serve others, and transform the world, and that's not exactly conversational. So we were talking about, what do we do with that? It needs to be, it needs to be our brand. It needs to be something that everybody embraces, and you can talk about whenever and wherever you go. And so different groups within the church were wrestling with that, and the one thing that was a deal breaker to changing that was the fact that we were going to take out the word serve. We were going to talk about loving all people so we can help them fall in love and stay in love with God. That was the suggested mission statement. And people kept pushing back saying, but what about serve? I said, well, it's, it's in there. You know, loving God means serving others. It does. Because God sent Jesus to walk on the earth to show us who God was and who God is. And that's the example we have to go by. And Jesus did not sit around in the temple with all the scrolls and the scribes and the Pharisees and the leaders of the law just pontificating about God. He talked about God and he certainly spent his time in the, in the temple worshiping God. But the majority of his life and his ministry, he was on the move. And not to serve himself or, or grow deeper. He would go in the wilderness periodically so he could reconnect with God. But he was about serving others. And then when he left and the Holy Spirit came and, and lived among the early followers of Christ, that's what they were about too. They were about serving because that's what Jesus taught them to do. Over the years, the past seven years, we've had people come to West and be a part of this amazing faith community that we are a part of. And, and then we've had people go. People go for a variety of reasons. And every time they do, it grieves me and us a little 
But we also know that every church can't be everything to everybody. And so we always wish them well. The saddest ones when they leave or when they say to me, I just can't feel connected to anybody. I can't find a way to be a part of this community or it's a click. That's like, that's like a knife in my gut because I know what it's like to not fit into a click. And that's the last thing that anybody that is a part of West would want it to be is to be a click. And so when they tell me that we're a click, I start asking questions like, well, what small group do you go to? Well, I haven't gone to a small group. Like, I understand that can be intimidating and threatening. Well, what ministry team do you serve on? Well, nothing. I'm not, I'm not good at anything. Well, yeah, you are. Remember the game we played a little while ago? I mean, everybody's good at something. Even if you like to shop, there are lots of ways that you can help this church, any church, really, if, if that's your favorite pastime. But if you don't ever get connected with something and other people, you do always feel like an outsider. So one family in particular, I kept pushing. I'm like, well, join this or do this or help. You know, at least, you know, they were like, well, I'm, I'm more into money and solitary things. And I'm like, if you don't want to work around people, you, you like to be by yourself. I have seven years of sermons in folders. You're welcome to, to file. Uh, there, there's always something for everybody. You know, that feeling that people have as a part of a church that there's not something for them and they don't quite fit in, that has been around since the very early church started. When Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, and he is one of the leading followers of Christ that really started the movement of Christianity and pushed it forward, when, when he was birthing these churches like in Corinth. He was pushing them to see that, look, God gives gifts to everybody. Every single person, no matter who you are, you have been gifted to use your gifts for God. And that's how you fall in love with God. Because you see, when you serve, that's when you experience the miracles. Jesus, one of the first miracles that we ever, ever have recorded in scripture was when he changed water to wine at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Now, the bride and the groom and their families, they never realized that they were out of wine, but the servants did. And think about that. The servants, the people who were serving, they got to see the miracle. That's what happens when we serve the week before the back to school bash, um, somehow, accidentally, I became involved with the food for the bash this year. Um, I'm not a cook in mass quantities at all, usually. I'm not even a good cook at home when it's just my immediate family. But the volunteer that was going to oversee food was not able to do it. And so it was two weeks before bash, and we needed to come up with a way to serve over five to 6,000 hot dogs. And so... I ended up in charge. Well, I didn't think about that whole dessert component until like the week of bash. And I was like, oopsie, that's a big miss. Well, there is a very limited amount of money that we allocate for food for bash. So I was trying to figure out how can you get 5,000 cookies for a nominal price in four days? I was going to just buy them. Sam's, they are this magical place for me. You walk in and they have all this stuff. I thought, surely you can just buy the cookies. I didn't think about how much magical cookies would cost. We could not afford magical cookies in the bash budget. 
So then the great employees came over and said, I see you're putting a lot of brownies in your buggy. Can we help you? I explained my predicament. They said, well, look, we have these boxes of cookies and they come like 144 cookies per case and they are only $30. This is your cheapest bet. And I'm like, well, how quick can you have however many cases equal 5,500 in stock? She's like, oh. Then she came back and she said, okay, I think we can make it happen on Wednesday. I'm like, oh, good. Well, then I realized that somehow I needed to bake 5,000 cookies. Well, lucky for me, I'm this part of this faith community where you all say, if there's ever anything you need, let me know. You regret saying that now, I feel confident, because there were about 25 of you that took some cookies home that week. And then we had all these cookies ready to give away. Now, anybody can bake some cookies. And because you did that, there was this awesome experience where people felt like they had a full meal, even with a home-baked dessert at the end. And a lot of those folks don't get that. Baking cookies is a way of connecting with God. And may I assure you, that day is a miracle every single year. We all have gifts. It's just whether or not we figure out how to use them. I want you to take a look at this video and, and maybe apply it to our lives so we can start thinking about how we make things happen. Take a look. Can I help anyone with anything? X? Nah. I'm trying to do a couple of nice things for people today. I just wondered whether there's anything I could do for either of you. I don't know. Nice to meet you. I'm Joe. Hello? Joe. Hey. (laughs) I'm trying to be kind to as many people as I can be. What do you think about that? Such a unusual request. We can only see. Do you need any directions? Okay. Do you have a minute? No, no, no. Worst case scenario is that no one trusts me. I come away from it, I'm like, I'm not a nice guy. <laughs> I wonder where I can help you with your bags. You seem to have a it's lot. Really, it's really sweet of you, but I'm okay. People are a bit suspicious. They don't really want your help enough for them to put themselves in danger of someone who might have ulterior motives, you know? Um, no. Anything nice. Anything. Pay for the next person's bus fare. It's the first time I've ever done this. Really? <laughs> yes. I'm just paying for her bus. It's called altruism, and you are doing something that will make you feel good. Now? I'm building a structure <laughs> if you want to help, but I think it will take a while. No, I'm down. <sighs> Are you rich? <laughs> Why do you ask that? Because you want to help people, but you need money. Well, I don't have money, but I've got time. You want one now? You're lying, you don't No, it's easy to help people and have a conversation with people, but we haven't figured out yet how to go deeper, I don't think. One of my really good friends' birthdays next week, and I can't make it. You have to make some effort with people's birthdays. If no one makes an effort with your birthday, it's kind of sad, isn't it? Oh, 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 o
It's about kind of small things that you can do to make an impact. So you're the first person I know who I've done something nice for. People go through a hard time. If it takes someone to stick themselves out there, that'll make a real difference. I just want to do one nice thing for one person today, and that's all I want to do. I guarantee you, you've just done that. Thank you. That's very nice to hear, man. Appreciate that. Bless. We've actually gone back into each other's lives more, right? And I think that's why you are on my mind. We are closer to each other than we have been. I do, I do, I feel, I'm sorry, I just feel really moved. You know, we can't say what is meaningful or not, because the small thing is meaningful, because it can have that butterfly effect. Remember the Viking video that you saw earlier in the service? That's what it's like when we go into other people's lives and we act like we know what they need. I've been blessed to be a part of churches that don't uh, do that, that toxic charity where we go in and we say, we're gonna save the day. From the very first mission trip at Williamson's Chapel, even now through our relationship with Pastor Jeffrey and Nebi Uganda, it's always, you know, how can we help? You tell us what you need and we will do our best to make it happen. Listen to what Paul said to the church. I wanna talk to you about this. It's often misunderstood, but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when you didn't know God, led from one phony God to another and not knowing what you were doing? You just did it because everybody else did? It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek and understand as well as we can. Use your heads. You know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say, Jesus, be damned, nor would anyone be inclined to say, Jesus is master, without insight of the Holy Spirit. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, and they always originate in God. The church didn't feel like they had what it would take to to make the church happen. And, And they were bickering among themselves. And they didn't feel qualified to use their gifts to make the church be this movement that would take effect and last a couple of thousand of years. I want to show you a picture. These are the catacombs in Rome. If you can make it out, you see that the walls are lined with the skulls of early Christian martyrs. In Rome, the Christians and the Jewish people were not allowed to bury their bones in in graves that were within the city. So they started digging down deep underneath uh, these temples and these buildings so they could bury their dead in the right tradition and the right manner. Now, the walls of these worship spaces are built on their bones. The walls of West United Methodist Church are built on ours. I hope you'll be a part of the next seven years and making this faith community the amazing one that it is now. It's that seven-year itch that I think we can subside because there is so much for us to do. Will you build this church on your bones and mine? Let us pray. Gracious God, you call us 
to use our gifts, whether it's baking cookies or shopping for Wired or, you know, serving food at the food truck or buying Christmas presents or doing paperwork or counting money. There's so many ways that you have called us to work together to make this movement truly the movement that you want us to be so people can fall in love with you and stay in love with you throughout all of their lives. God, thank you for being a God who calls and empowers us in your spirit. And we offer our prayers in Christ's name. Amen. So if you're thinking, well, that was the most interesting bait and switch sermon ever, I want you to know that it isn't. I believe that we are the ones who are blessed and we're the ones that get to experience the miracles when we serve. And the really good news is you already do or else this movement wouldn't happen A few weeks ago, the district superintendent, or months ago, actually, it feels like weeks, was here worshiping to check out, you know, this church that he had heard interesting things about. He wanted to see how we did things because we're not normal. His words as he left were, well, that was fun. And I can't believe y'all make that happen every week. It must take so many. Well, it does. So hear me say thank you. And I think now I want us to ask ourselves, how can we keep this going for seven more years? May you go in peace and may you know that God works in us when we give ourselves to God. There are papers that we're giving you at the doors on the way out. Grab one. It shows all the ways of West that you can give. Amen.